I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. On this episode of Newt's World, in his new book, The Puppeteers, Jason Chavitz exposes the unelected power brokers who pull the strings, set the agendas, create the incentives, and write the rules. Their goal? To put American government on autopilot and prevent election results from threatening the left's agenda. The puppeteers unmask the powerful interest who subvert democratic institutions, compel compliance with partisan goals. Here to discuss his new book, I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Jason Chavitz. He is a former member of Congress from Utah, served as chairman of the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. He is a Fox News contributor, serves as a distinguished fellow for the Government Accountability Institute, and we have been friends for many, many years. Jason, welcome, and thank you for joining me on Newt's World. Oh, Mr. Speaker, hey, thank you. I'm honored to be with you. And I want to start by congratulating you. The Puppeteers is number seven on the publisher's weekly hardcover nonfiction list this week. That's a real achievement. I can't believe it. I'm thrilled, and it's a little bit surreal to me. That's great, though. You do a great job both on radio and on Fox, and you're very articulate. And you did some very interesting things when you were in Congress. As chairman of the Oversight and Government Reform Committee, you led investigations into the Department of Education, the Drug Enforcement Agency, the Environmental Protection Agency, and Hillary Clinton's misuse of classified information. I mean, you were really busy looking at this sort of stuff. Yeah, as you know, there's no shortage of targets. There's always somebody doing something stupid somewhere. And so there's plenty to go and investigate. That's for sure. But in the process of all those investigations, you said that you were deeply troubled by patterns of partisanship that you saw in the the allegedly apolitical federal bureaucracy. What did you mean by that in terms of the kind of partisanship the bureaucrats were engaged in? Well, the numbers started to become increasing. I mean, for, certainly from the time you were there, 
two things are happening. One is the mandatory programmatic spending, which is the bulk of it is obviously Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security. Unfortunately, over the course of time, there are hundreds and hundreds of programs that have been added to that category so that now north of 75% of our annual expenditures are automatic programmatic spending. And so when we go to talk about the discretionary budget, it's just a smaller pool of things to actually go after. The second thing is, and I tell a story in the Puppeteers book about how a member of Congress kind of famously went to go visit a cabinet member and the cabinet member wasn't there. And it was just the senior staff. Well, the cabinet member was going to leave. He said, I don't want to meet with the B team. I came to meet with the cabinet secretary. And the senior staff settled them down a little bit and said, it's true, sir. We are the B team, but you're meeting with the right people because we be here before you, we be here after you, and we be the ones to actually get things done. (laughs) And you know that's true. They're so cavalier about it, but that is in many ways the way things actually work. There used to be a phrase in the Pentagon that the political appointees were the summer help. (laughs) Well said, yes. And it shouldn't be that way. I've come to morph into this position of being in favor of term limits, but I also think they should be in place for the senior staff in the administrations. I'm not talking about your rank and file postal worker, somebody who's working to get the checks out at Social Security Administration. That's not what I'm talking about. But the political appointees, the senior staff, the ones that never get fired, no matter what they do, they should come in, serve their country, and then they should leave. And as in the puppeteers, I point out how dramatic it is. You know, in some agencies and departments, people who make political donations, 95% of them will go to the Democrats. In some departments and agencies, it's 100%. I don't see how we can talk about having a neutral professional civil service when you have you know, 95, 98, 99% of the donations going to one party. It seems to me that by definition, that sets a culture and an environment where decisions follow the money. Yeah. There's a really interesting case, as I point out in the Puppeteer's book. It's called Executive Order 14019. In March, after Joe Biden took office, he put out this executive order, which directed the federal government and all of its assets to get out the vote. But the partnerships with those would only go to, quote unquote, approved non-government organizations. So there had been Freedom of Information Act requests put in, what is this get out the vote effort? And it was all funneled through Susan Rice. What is this? What are the directives? How are they leveraging the 2.2 million federal employees? What about the physical facilities? The president has now claimed executive privilege and will not release those documents. And there needs to be more of a drumbeat to figure out what it is he's doing to leverage the federal government, its employees, and its assets to get out the vote. Yeah, and obviously they want to get out the vote for the Democrats and for Biden's re-election. That's exactly right. But you can't participate in this if you're not on their approved list. So how do they determine who's approved and who's not? Well, we're sort of getting into the worst of all worlds. We're having the seeming good government of the non-patronage system while creating the culture of a patronage system. You end up with a totally one-sided thing, which means the next Republican president is presiding over an ocean of people who are dedicated to defeating them. Yeah, I spoke with, and I hope he doesn't mind my saying this, but he's now Congressman Zinke. But if you recall, Ryan Zinke became the Secretary of Interior. 
And he said, the hardest part is, you know, he's thrilled to become the interior secretary. He said, the hardest part is I have to play with Hillary Clinton's team. That's the staff. Try to get some stuff done and move the ball in the direction that President Trump wants. They don't want to do it. And that's all we do is fight over here about how to actually get things done. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that was sort of the attitude and the approach. Yeah, Secretary Pompeo told me one time that in the State Department, they were so outnumbered that one of his personal friends who'd come in with him said, you know, this is like Fort Apache, the Bronx. We're the guys in the little precinct building surrounded by all the people who want to destroy us. And the State Department, which has a lot of really, really smart foreign service officers who are astonishingly left-wing. They're very clever, and trying to get them to do things is a real challenge. It is. The essence of the puppeteers, we talk not only about the administrative, the bureaucratic state, but there are also so many other outside influences. And what I see is how these regulatory bodies the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the SEC, the Department of Justice. And maybe you saw this when you were speaker, but it really came to new heights under the Obama administration. They would go and leverage their regulatory ability to a company and they would settle with them before they ever went to court. And they would say, you're going to be fined, and I'm making up a number, $25 million. But in addition to that, you're going to give $50 million to this pre-approved list of these non-government organizations as part of your settlement. If just counted as a business expense, it won't hit you, you know, you're not gonna plead that you did anything wrong, no wrongdoing, but that's how they were funding a lot of their pet groups. President Trump got rid of it. Joe Biden on day one reinstituted, literally his first day in office, he reinstituted that program. That's how they fund these special interests that are so aligned with them and getting out the vote. And does anybody keep a record of those? Well, the problem we have right now with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is the way they structurally set it up is it's not funded by Congress. It's not subject to Congress. They set it up as an entity that reports and is funded by the Federal Reserve. Now, that's playing through in the courts, but, you know, we issue a congressional subpoena or a letter and they just kind of blow you off and say, we're not subject to you. We answer to the Federal Reserve. So that's one of the things that the next... Republican president and Republican Congress ought to change. They absolutely have to do it. Have to do it. Yeah. You also have talked a good bit and done a good bit of work on this whole emerging environmental, social, and governance system where basically companies and I think presently people are given scores that have nothing to do with earning a living or making money or being profitable, but are somebody else's definition of what your environmental, social, and governance patterns ought to be, all of which are on the left. One of the puppeteers that's out there is Larry Fink at BlackRock. BlackRock is so pervasive that if you take the S&P 500, 98.5% of the companies on the S&P 500, BlackRock owns at least, if not more than 5% of. And what they do is they take your retirement funds, they take your 401k, And they leverage your proxy vote to change the direction of the board of directors and the resolutions. And we very specifically articulate the numbers of resolutions and things that they're doing to these boards. And they are implementing on behalf of what now they call stakeholders, not individuals, not return on investment for your retirement. They're stakeholders, which is their code word for ESG and diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
The other one that we highlighted in the puppeteers that I was really surprised about is the power and the leverage of the state treasurers. The Democrats, I got my hands on a document I wasn't supposed to see, but they put out a corporate benefits package from the Democratic State Treasurers Association. And for fifty or $100,000, you can sit by a state treasurer. And they say that the reason you want to do that is they say, it literally says, does not matter who wins the White House, does not matter who actually wins in Congress. We're the ones with the money. We have $2.5 trillion, and we're the ones that are going to implement diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the environmental social governance. So we've got an agenda. That's why you got to pony up and donate to us. Those two are puppeteers. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xu mo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play hi this is newt in my new book march the majority the real story of the republican revolution i offer strategies and insights for everyday citizens and for seasoned politicians it's both a guide for political success and for winning back the majority in 2024 march the majority outlines the 16-year campaign to write the contract with america explains how we elected the first Republican House majority in 40 years and how we worked with President Bill Clinton to pass major reforms, including four consecutive balanced budgets. March to the Majority tells the behind-the-scenes story of how we got it done. Go to gingrich360.com book and order your copy now. Order it today at gingrich360.com book. begun to identify this whole range of hidden power that reshapes our world around us, no matter what we want. Yeah, no matter what Congress or the American people, because they know that if they put the Green New Deal up for a vote, they could never get it passed. It wouldn't even be close because the American people would never tolerate it. So what happens to a company that just rejects all this? Says, no, I'm not going to do it the ratings agencies that come in are going to start dinging them. Now, 
Fortunately, a number of states, Utah's one of them, where state treasurers are now rejecting, they're fighting back against these rating agencies and say, no, you're not, you're going to rate this on our ability to pay our bills, not going to rate us on how well we implement DEI or ESG. That's not the metric. But that fight is playing out in the states. And it's hopefully one that they will win. But companies that don't, particularly the publicly traded ones, they pay a price because Vanguard, State Street, BlackRock, they control something like 75% of the money. So we're talking trillions of dollars that these publicly traded companies cannot just simply ignore. The Trump team, it seems to me, were trying to change a bunch of this. Did all of it just get reversed by Biden? Yeah. So to give you an example, Larry Kudlow, who spent decades working on the economy, was a great economic advisor for President Trump. When he left and Joe Biden came in, he was replaced by Brian Deese. Brian Deese was a BlackRock employee. He worked in the Obama administration, then left, obviously, when Trump, but then they recycled, put him back in there. He's a climate activist. He's not an economist that's there working to try to implement the best economic solutions for America. He had an ESG DEI agenda from BlackRock, and that's what he did. Again, one of the puppeteers that I think is out there. Now, he recently left, but it just shows the pervasiveness of BlackRock and how they use their and leverage their money because it's trillions of dollars. I mean, the other area that you look at, which I think you saw when you were chairing oversight and government reform, was the whole notion of government waste. The California unemployment compensation system alone has lost $20 billion, not million, $20 billion to theft. You must have just run across endless numbers of these kind of things. I think there was a number that just came out in the last week or two. I saw one of the senators, I think, believe, tweeted about this. But the loss, the fraud on the COVID response was in the neighborhood of $400 billion. I mean, it's so big, it's hard to get your arms wrapped around it. The United States Secret Service estimated that more than $100 billion went overseas. It didn't even go into the American economy. It was literally just stolen and sent overseas. So that the numbers are startling. It's overwhelming, I think, when people hear it and see it to try to fathom how much money that is. And that is the fundamental problem. I want to highlight this, Mr. Speaker, because you were heroic in what you actually accomplished. Since the 1972 Budget Act, the only time we approached and got to a balanced budget was when you were Speaker. That's it. The only time we ever went through regular order, you were Speaker. And that has to change. How we create a budget, fund the budget, do the appropriations process, totally broken. You mentioned, for example, that there was a 2017 report that HUD's accounting was such a mess that they couldn't audit it even after they corrected a $520 billion in bookkeeping errors. It's hard to imagine how you get to $520 billion in bookkeeping errors. And that's the correction, and then the books still didn't balance. And apparently they spent... $131 million on two projects to actually update the financial management system and cancel both after $131 million. We had this experience when we first took over. We had promised to audit the house, and we brought in one of the major auditing companies. 
They came to see us after about seven months, and they said, we can't audit the house. There are no books. They said in the entire history of the house, going back to 1789, they have never had an auditable bookkeeping system. They said, what we can do is we can actually create an auditable system, and then we can give you an audit. (laughs) We changed their contract from auditing to creating a system to track all house spending, which we now do. But it was that big a jump. The Pentagon, as you, I think, know, has never been audited. They can't get through it. Well, they lose entire buildings. They lose vehicles. They lose an amazing number of things. I think there was $200 billion in properties they can't identify. When I became the chairman of the Oversight Committee, I thought I would start a little project. I thought it would be somewhat easy. I said, I want to get an inventory of all of the art that our federal government owns. Where are the facilities? Where's all the art, all the paintings, all the... Nobody could answer that question. Nobody. I searched high and low, and they tell me that there are warehouses full of it. I said, well, I want to go visit it. Then they couldn't find the building that supposedly had this. That's right. I literally can't find it. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rivalry every rematch every rookie debut every game revealed the 2024 nfl schedule release presented by verizon coming in may live on nfl network espn2 and streaming on nfl plus terms and conditions apply to nfl plus visit nfl.com schedule release to learn more one of the other things that you focused on which i think is a really important big problem is the degree to which the teachers unions have changed from a focus on education to a focus on power. In fact, there's just a report out today that the teachers union spent about $2.5 million in the Chicago mayor's race electing their candidate, who actually worked for the teachers union. Well, what was your experience as you looked at it? What did you learn about the way the teachers unions operate? A couple of things. They have morphed not from how do we help teachers, how do we better teach kids in the classroom. They have morphed into this political organization whose tentacles go way above and beyond the classroom or what affects that actual school. And almost a real 
predisposition to exclude and push parents out and take, they call it the whole of student. The new buzzword that we all need to be aware of that really they're making a push on, we talk about it in the puppeteers in California with Governor Newsom, is what they call community schools. Now, community schools sound nice, right? But not the way they set it up. They want to control the whole of student from everything from the haircut they get to the clothes they wear to the computer and the social media that they get. They have developed a scheme to give everybody a computer. Sounds nice. But they figured out how to monetize it because they're going to track these people and they create a profile of these people and then they're going to sell that data. They see it as a money-making opportunity for them. And Randy Weingarten, who's heads one of the biggest unions out there, she, for instance, has $300 million that she's working with. And the resolutions that they put forward, I did a lot with the Government Accountability Institute, Peter Schweitzer's group. They helped me do the deep dive and the research on how the resolutions that they're putting forward, the directives and the communications that they're putting out to their mass network, it really is a stunning thing. And we better beware because their effort on community schools is their pushback to charter schools and to school choice and to homeschooling. That's their answer to do it in a way that is perverse and is the worst, I think, that we would look at and say, no, this is not the way we should be educating the children. And it really does start to push the parents out of the way. The National Education Association actually wrote a letter complaining that parents who go to public school boards to the meetings are potentially a terrorist threat. Now, if you're being told as a parent that if you show up to complain because your child's not learning, that that's an act of terrorism, it tells you something about how whacked out these organizations are becoming. The Department of Justice has fallen lockstep in line with that. I mean, the Southern Poverty Law Center put Moms for Liberty on their hate group list, essentially going after moms who are worried about their kids and want to know and see what's being taught. I think COVID, there's a silver lining to this, is that parents suddenly got to see the curriculum and started to pay attention. And now they're showing up at the school board meetings. And the Biden-Harris administration thinks these people are essentially terrorists. That's the problem. We both agree on the scale of the problem and how pervasive it is across the whole system. But you go a step further in the puppeteers. You talk about how to take on the puppeteers and win. Walk us through that. First and foremost, you need to starve the beast. Our federal government is, I mean, $6 trillion has just been screaming past even the high rate of inflation that we've had. We pay far too many people too much money. They're, it's closing in on almost 25% of our GDP is now spent by the federal government. It's just an insatiable desire. But I really do believe that the other part of the solution will happen at the states. It's good old-fashioned federalism, that the state's attorney general, the state governors. And I point out, I kind of conclude the book, The Puppeteers, about what Glenn Youngkin did, the governor of Virginia. He came in and took the diversity, equity, and inclusion office, embraced it, but he changed it. And he changed it to diversity, opportunity, and inclusion. Now the Democrats and the liberals have had a really hard time trying to figure out, wait a sec, better than opportunity. And it's not a winning argument. He's saying it's about opportunity. That's the role of government. And he's winning that with a conservative argument. 
And he's being very innovative about it and doing it in such a way that he's saying, look, the unborn should be included in this opportunity. Oh, boy, he's got the liberals scrambling in Virginia. That type of innovative thinking is what it's going to take to actually win in the long term. Well, I think in the puppeteers, you do a real service to those Americans who are trying to understand what has to be done and how we have to do it. This was sort of an evolution for you, wasn't it? When you first came to Congress, it turned out it was actually a lot different than you would have thought back home. It is. You start to understand how the appropriations process works. I tended to think that Congress, if they asked for a document that was representative of the people, had the proper security clearance, that it would work. But more and more, and especially even since I've left, I've realized how hard the Democrats are just trying to put government on autopilot. They don't want to be inconvenienced with an election gone the wrong direction. And they're setting up their permanent agenda outside the levers and the control of the federal government. That Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is case number one as an example, because all the regulatory power, hundreds of millions of dollars, no need to answer to Congress. And that, when I got elected, I didn't know it was going to be like that, but that's where we are today. They're really pretty clever at trying to figure out how to survive the periods when Republicans are dominant. And in a sense, they create such deep challenges to being able to change things that it's an enormous problem. It's not easy to solve, and I worry that our debt has become so insurmountable. From the time you were speaker to where we are today, we're paying more than $2 billion a day just in interest servicing that national debt. $2 billion a day. And I don't know how we dig out from under it. When I was in the budget committee with Paul Ryan as the budget chair, you can be critical of Paul Ryan on a lot of things. He did understand and know the budget, I can tell you that. And I had Secretary Geithner from the Obama administration. And he said, look, as long as the national debt is up to 60% of the GDP, we're just fine. But now we've screamed past 100% a long time ago. These types of things really do scare me. This book, at the end of the day, it scared me because these challenges are so immense. I think you're on to something here. And the thing I like about it is that the puppeteers really helps explain how deep and how difficult this challenge is going to be. It's not just on the surface. There's going to be a great deal of kind of root and branch taking out the old order if we're in fact going to get back to an America that is functional in terms of the things people think ought to be happening and they can't quite figure out why they aren't. And I think in The Puppeteers, you really cast a great deal of light on exactly what happened, what it's going to be like for us to take this on and change it. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. It's not just illuminating the problem. I think people at home figure, what do I do about it? And hopefully we can give some answers to that as well, because you're right, a budget is not going to balance in the next 12 months. We miss your leadership there. It took real leadership and a team to say, this is important. We are going to get it done. And, you know, used to have Democrats, didn't you, that it would help along the way? Show me one that is actually a fiscal hawk. The so blue dogs are all gone. Listen, Jason, I want to thank you for joining me. Your new book, The Puppeteers, is a fascinating read. I encourage all our listeners to get a copy of your book. We're going to link to it on our show page. And also, just for a minute, you're now doing a radio show. Tell people how they can listen to you on radio. 
I have a podcast. And so, in fact, my interview is with you about your book. And so it's up right now. It's Jason in the house. It's on the foxnewspodcast.com. But anywhere you listen to a podcast, just type in Jason in the house and you'll be able to find it. It was fun the day we did that. I really enjoyed it a great deal. I just wanted people to know that they can learn even more about what you're doing if they go to the podcast. So again, I just want to thank you for joining me and talking about the puppeteers. Oh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I appreciate it. Thank you to my guest, Jason Chavitz. You can get a link to buy his new book, The Puppeteers, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash Zero. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.